Hi friends, I'm Bobby Lehu, the Chief Content Officer at CommonSkew. Every now and then we read a popular article from a recent series we've published on our blog. We'll choose something that really resonated with folks based on the feedback we get. We ran a series on the subject of curation. One distributor sent me an email that just had curation series in the title and in the body copy it read, just excellent. Another distributor wrote, just want to say that our team all read and discussed this article the other day in our team meeting. We had a great discussion and it led to some good takeaways for the team. Thanks again for the great content. It's such a help. The article referred to is titled Six Framework Questions for Curating Quickly. The reason we wrote a series on curation is because you are a professional curator, which is a surprise to some of you, but that's what you are. Every day, you sort, sift, and select specific products from thousands of options in our industry and then assemble them into collections to present to a client. This is why it's somewhat baffling. That as an industry of professional curators, we've never tried to codify the craft of curation. We never talk about it as a skill. We never teach our sales teams how to master the art of curation for your client. We never create webinars on how the art of curation is a golden key that opens the door to client affinity and trust. Curation is the most underrated yet vital creative muscle in our business. In that spirit, here's the article, Six Framework Questions for Curating Quickly. The world-famous architect Frank Gehry uses them. So does Spielberg and Scorsese. Even da Vinci used them. Whether it's Frank Gehry hand-sketching the Guggenheim, Spielberg storyboarding his next film, or a fashion designer penciling her concept for a new fall line, everyone starts with a framework, a blueprint, a pattern that brings their projects to life. And it's no different for us in the branded merch business. But if you were to ask most professionals in this business who work on projects all day long for clients, If they have any type of process for unlocking great ideas, most will mumble through a few vague notions, but hardly anyone can pull out a simple half sheet and say, yes, here's my framework that allows me to quickly unlock each project, no matter how small or large. But most of us do have a framework in this industry. It's a very dated framework that gets passed around by osmosis, and it's used by virtually everyone in the business. Unfortunately, that uninspiring framework looks like this. Item, imprint, quantity, in-hand date, budget. That's it. That's the whole framework. Prior to 2020, item imprint quantity in-hand date budget was the criteria that drove our projects. But that's not good enough anymore. There's much more to the work we do now and so much more to the work our clients expect us to do. There's design, kitting, packaging, distribution, not to mention the crucial aspect of higher expectations from the client on creativity, utility, and sustainability. Much of what we do each day out of habit is merely rapid response muscle memory. We react, respond, reply all day long. It's a game of fast action zooms, hack slacks, text replies, a flurry of flailing hands and impending deadlines. Creating ideas for a client under the old framework of factory specifics only isn't enough to achieve their goals nor unlock your best work. Those specs are important, but they're not the most important parts of the conversation anymore. We need to ask those spec questions, but those questions should fall toward the end of each project's discussion, after purpose and intent, not at the beginning. And we need to make this a part of our new muscle memory. To do so, we need a new framework, but an easy framework that allows us to fill in the blanks for our clients while duplicating this effort into a scalable, creative brief that we can use with every client. And the simplest and most effective way to unlock any project with a customer is simply to ask questions. Questions open your client's mind. Questions force clients to look at you beyond the box they've shut you in. 
Questions engage your customer in a more imaginative and intelligent discussion, positioning you as someone who cares about the outcome and their priorities. And in the spirit of Common Skew's always striving attempt to improve our work and elevate our industry, we've created six questions you can modify to create a simple framework for you and your team. Question number one, who's the rejoicer? How unexciting is the phrase end user? We bandy that around because it's an easy language handle for us to grab, but it's full of implications. Referring to our ultimate appreciators, our audience, as users is just crass. It's crass because it's heartless. And if it doesn't inspire you, it certainly won't excite your customer. Think that language doesn't matter? One small example. At CommonSkew, you'll never hear us refer to our customers as tenants, though it's a ubiquitous term in the SaaS world. Our clients are entrepreneurs, real people with families, employees, and individual passions. Reducing them to a tenant diminishes an individual into an amorphous entity. That attitude pervades everything in your culture, IT, sales, marketing, accounting. How we refer to those that are the most important to our business sets the tone and permeates everything we do. When we talk with our client about the audience we serve, the question we should ask should evoke the very sentiment our product is built for joy. Who's the rejoicer? Who receives this item? Who loves it so much they covet it, guard it, and carry it into their lives? For some of you, in rejoicer might be high and mighty, a reach. But what we want to do with our words is shift our client's perspective. We need to change their attitudes about needing just something to give away to our employees to an attitude that ignites excitement, energy, and evokes happiness. So, who's the rejoicer? Framework question number two, what's your intent? As a former distributor who focused on company stores, I found that a simple shift in how we talked about our projects with customers changed the entire tone of our relationship. It affected everything from small technical decisions to even margins. For example, when I shifted how I spoke to prospects about stores by changing the words I used from the utility of what we could do, yes, we can build a company store for you, to the aspiration of why we do what we do. Yes, we'd love to help you create brand champions, raving fans, etc. It changed the tone of the conversation. We were no longer configuring a colorless world with technical jargon. We were creating affinity with the brand and drawing a direct connection to the brand's intent. And we were changing our client's opinion about our value proposition, elevating it from a task that anyone could do to a mission that we alone could fulfill. So what's your client's intent with their campaign? Inspire brand love, radicalize fandom, change hearts, move minds, rock worlds. What's your in-hand date is important. You'll end up getting to that question eventually, but it doesn't belong at the front of the conversation. It belongs at the end. What's your intent? Positions you and what you sell at the heart of brand ambition. A question like that impacts your margin, sales, growth, and client loyalty. Framework question number three, what's the ROE? Your buyer is investing in more than a product. They are buying something intangible. And we're trying to create something inspirational in concert with their end goal. We want to not merely satisfy clients, but challenge them to aspire to all the cool things our medium can do for their brand. What are they trying to achieve through what they are buying? And how can we amplify that through our expertise? We rarely speak about ROI, the return on investment largely because the trackability of promo is a big endeavor. But there are other ROIs. Return on emotion, return on engagement, return on experience. 
When you build a kit that you're shipping to homes, you're building an experience. When you're creating a shop to connect with an audience and build tribal unity around the brand, you're creating engagement. When you're gifting someone with a beautiful award for their hard-ass work on a year-long project, you're creating an emotional experience. They're abstract words, emotion, engagement, experience, but they're very concrete outcomes. What's the ROE? Framework question number four, what's the message? Not what's the imprint, but what message are we sending with this project? Design conveys meaning. Design is symbol making. Logo drops have their place, but every product is a canvas, an opportunity to creatively communicate a specific message. Help your client out with a fill in the blank like this. What we want to say with this project is blank. What's in that blank? Start with what's the message, then move to imprint. It's bringing the world of design into the world of intention and purpose, carrying the conversation forward as opposed to limiting the conversation with factory imprint areas that might constrict or prevent what the client is trying to convey. How will we design forward? What's our message? Framework question number five. How do we bring out the you? This is both an internal question and a question to the client. How do we make this product slash project both useful and unique? Can it be useful enough to be brought into homes? Will it be a preferred piece of apparel? Will it get used in their daily life? And if so, how? You could use words like sustainability rather than usefulness, but those words have lost their impact. With clients, we should always start with usefulness and uniqueness as the fulcrum to the larger conversation around sustainability. One more you. How do we create an ah moment around the unboxing experience? When we kit, we should start with the end in mind. Think of every unboxing moment you've ever had with an Apple product. Think with the end in mind. Always. How do we make the design experience unique and contribute to that ah moment? And what's that moment? What's that unboxing moment look, feel, and sound like? How do we bring out the you? And finally, framework question number six, what's the sourcing story? In my role as the chief content officer, I talk to customers all the time through interviews, emails, texts. I'm sometimes able to discern something happening in the market that's becoming a trend, and I'm hearing with surprising frequency how more and more brands are wanting to know the sourcing story of the products they buy. Clients want transparency in the supply chain, and even more, they want to know that what they are buying is contributing to the overall good of society. It's just another example of what clients pay for versus what they are actually buying. They are paying for mugs but they're buying emotion, engagement, messaging, affinity, inspiration. And now they're wanting to exercise their purchasing power to invest in greater contributions to society. Sound lofty? It's not. It's practical and possible. And what's more, you can help bring that story to life by sourcing strategically. Again, questions are our answers here. Who is the factory? How are the workers treated? Is this product made in a responsible fashion? How does their work contribute to the communities around them? To be sure, there are plenty of clients who honestly either do not care to ask or don't know to ask, but you want to get ahead of the trend. You want to be the one to go to your clients first and connect the dots from sourcing to their brand by sharing a beautiful story about where their money goes. And suppliers need to bring these stories to light in a way that's obvious and easy to transfer to clients. The sourcing story is becoming a vital part of the criteria for creative projects, and we should budget not just for economies, but for humanities. Final note, you can't just build based on what the client says. Every work of art, every building constructed, every apparel collection starts with a rough draft, a blueprint, a storyboard, a sketch. It's getting the framework down, building the bones. In agencies, this is called a creative brief. 
For writers, it's an outline. But for everyone, it's flint and fire. It sparks the mind and inflames the imagination and gives your projects high-speed rails to run on. And it doesn't have to be hard. Remember, this is just an outline, a simple fill in the blank, skeletal structure that you'll refine as you work along. But mostly, it's at least something far more substantial than quantity and hand aid and budget. As leaders, we rarely pass on to our teams a methodology for opening an opportunity and making a sale. We've rarely sat down with a new team member and said, here's the framework we use with every client to move them from concept to curation to close. And because we haven't codified a simple procedure to share with our frontline sales team, they default to conversing with the client over factory specs, which commoditizes our work and either inspires nor engages the client in a meaningful way. Now, for skeptics reading this, even today, this very hour probably, you're going to receive a request from a client. It's going to sound like this. We need to get some hoodies. You, as the always responsive pro, will respond swiftly to get the client what they want. But the people who build the most creative campaigns in this business grow clients faster and retain clients longer because they know that there's more to this ask than a simple product request. Clients pay for products, but they buy something far more. Even the most famous architect in the world has clients coming to him, asking him to, quote, build me a building, unquote. But Frank Geary said this about the client. The client hires you, so the client is the priority. But you can't just build a building based on what the client says because their vision is based on what's normal. Curating kick-ass projects for your client is about superseding normal, and it's really quite simple. Asking questions, the right ones. This article was brought to you by CommonSkew, the work-from-anywhere platform that powers your connected workflow, enabling you to process more orders and dramatically grow your sales. To learn more or to begin your free trial now, visit commonsq.com.